We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from the frozen north of Northfield, Minnesota. You're still up north, John, huh? Yep, yeah, we're still here for one last week. Uh, and and who, who's with me? Who's that talking on the... On this the is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark uh, from Ascension Lutheran Church in uh, warmer climates of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, where it is always beautiful and picturesque, let me tell you. <laughs> Well, not quite, but probably warmer <laughs> right now than it is up in Northfield, Minnesota. So, so here's the thing. We, we live in kind of this strange time warp of radio uh, where Matt and I record these episodes uh, usually a couple of weeks before uh, we, they're actually aired. And, and so, Matt, uh, I, it was our last episode of the episode before. I was kind of joking about, oh, yeah, we're shoveling snow up here in Minnesota, which, of course, we're not. I was just having fun with my Minnesota neighbors here because actually at that point the, the weather was pretty decent. But yes, on this episode, which we're recording in the third week of September, we're supposed to get five to eight inches of snow. So be careful about what you joke about. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's the end of October humor and already can, snow. Yeah, yeah. So humor can come back to bite you. <laughs> so... Um, so, so when this episode will air, uh, we're actually recording this before the celebration of Reformation, but it, this will actually air the week right after Reformation. And what I'd like to do, Matt, with your permission, is I'd like to look at the texts that are usually read on Reformation uh, Sunday or Reformation Day, uh, and I'd like to discuss why. Why do you think they would have chosen these texts? Is that all right? Yeah, let's do that, and then I think hopefully we and the listeners will have just a deeper, richer understanding of some of those texts as we hear them in worship uh, for Reformation. But bef before we do that, Josh, so I'm going we... to give them to you. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. Well, before I do that, I was just going to say, should we tell our listeners what show this is? Oh, <laughs> are you sure that's safe? <laughs> They might report us. <laughs> I figure it's always if they don't know who we are, what what are they going to do? <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you. <laughs> so you go ahead. Tell tell everybody what this show is. So this is wrestling with the basics. Uh, now coming to you both on Wednesday afternoons and Sunday mornings on KFUO. No, did you say Sunday mornings, Matt? Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings. No, Sunday mornings. Don't listen to us. <laughs> okay. Go to church. Tune or tune in live to a live yeah. stream if you're watching from home during COVID. Uh, don't worry about us on Sunday mornings. No, tune in Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on KFO AM850. And the reason I wanted you to make that announcement is now I have plausible deniability. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know what this wrestling with basically. That's something that Matt does. <laughs> so, so all right, yes, it is wrestling with the basics. And Matt, could you read Romans three, uh, verses nineteen? And I'll tell you when to stop. Okay. Sure. So Romans chapter three, uh, beginning with verse nineteen. Uh, so let's see here, John. Uh, 
I'm turning to it right now as we speak. Um, Romans chapter 3, verse yeah, 19. Yeah, because this is, we're, we're playing without listeners. a net. Usually we have this stuff, we have this stuff printed out, but no, no, we're, we're actually reading straight from the Bible today. Yeah, Romans <laughs> right. 3, verse 19. Okay, here we go. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Why don't you go ahead and read the next two verses too? You okay. So verse 27, then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Yeah, I, I realized that we really needed to get that last verse. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Because why, why do you think they chose this text, Matt? Why is this the epistle reading for Reformation Day? Sure, I think in Luther's day and certainly today too, uh, we are just so prone to think that it's because of works of the law. It's because of what we do or what we say or our goodness that we somehow earn favor before God or somehow we're made right in God's eyes. And these words in the book of Romans are just so clear. The emphasis on God's grace and gift that we hear there in verse 24. And then those closing verses is so clear that no, it's not by works, but it's, it's by faith, by grace through faith. Yeah, so this is this is like the the sadist doctrinae that they they say, uh, which means the seeds of the doctrine, the the, the base, the the core, the center of what uh, the Reformation was all about. Like you said, that we're we're saved by faith, uh, faith alone. Luther said, and that's what Paul is saying here. There's nothing else, not by our works, not by the law, uh, but only by faith in Jesus Christ. Now that one's pretty clear and easy to see how it fits into the, the Reformation, but here's a little trickier one. The the first lesson comes from the book of Revelation, which, you know, that's always going to be tricky. So if you wouldn't mind, Matt, go back to Revelation 14. Revelation chapter 14 is where we need to go. Yep. Uh, so Matt and I are actually opening up our Bibles <laughs> at this very point, and we will need verses 6 through 7. So this is a little shorter text. Revelation 14, for those of you that are following along at home, uh, Revelation 14, verses 6 through 7. Okay. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel, John writes, flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth 
the sea, and the springs of water. Now, Matt, do you want to venture a guess why that text has been traditionally associated with the Reformation? Well, I just, I love the, the opening words there. Uh, the angel find directly, but with what? An eternal gospel uh, to proclaim to those who dwell on earth. Uh, boy, I, I think that that's, that's interesting. The gospel, there's only one gospel. It's eternal uh, with, without beginning, I would suppose, but also certainly definitely without end. And when we think of the Reformation, that, that message of the gospel that Luther brings along, that's nothing new. That's not a new message. Uh, I think sometimes we think that, oh, Luther brought something new into the church. Well, no, not really. He was just going back to that very same gospel, the good news centered in Jesus Christ, uh, that unfortunately the church had lost, or at least it overlooked, uh, stopped to emphasize, stopped emphasizing. And Luther just brings folks back to the same gospel that's always been there, the Old and New Testament and still today. And uh, by God's grace, that's that's the same gospel that, that we share, too, whether it's on Wrestling the Basics here on KFUO or whether it's in the pulpit or or whether it's uh, just in our day-to-day life. So it's that, that same gospel, what really strikes me uh, in these verses. So, so certainly uh, the message there about an eternal gospel, and as you said, that was the heart and core of what uh, the Reformation was about. Actually, in the days of the Reformation, uh, or perhaps shortly after those days, after Luther passed away, this passage was actually associated with Luther. Uh, in fact, there were many people who thought that the angel uh, proclaiming the eternal gospel was, in fact, a prophecy of Martin Luther himself. Did you know that, Matt? Yeah, and, you know, I would say, well... Yeah, you know, with the book of Revelation, it's tough to say, uh, you know, this is the one fulfillment of this uh, image here in some of these things. Uh, but I'd say, yes, yeah, certainly he is, he did proclaim that eternal gospel, no doubt about it. Well, and, and you have to remember that during those days, uh, the people were very, very fascinated with Revelation because they literally thought they were in the end times. Um, and... and that, that may seem hard for us, you know, here in our Oh, how foolish those people were. But, but think about it. They, they had gone through the Black Plague, which wiped out a third to a half of the entire population. Now, now we're, we're struggling with, with the, 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 the um, many, many, many people who are dying now because of COVID. But, but it's nothing compared to what happened when the Black Plague went through Europe. So just imagine uh, all of your neighbors around you and then imagine that a half of them or a third of them at least ha have died. Uh, and, and then, of course, the other thing that's happening is, is the Muslims uh, are, are on the move. Uh, now, the Muslims have been around for a long time. It's not like that was new. But, but what's new is the Muslims are winning. Uh, they're taking over strongholds that had been Christian for, well, what, uh, you know, a, a thousand or more years ever since the, ever since the Roman Empire. Uh, you know, they had been Christian uh, cities, and now they're, they're controlled by the Muslims. So people really, really thought, no, the world is coming to an end. And well, of course, then here's Luther. He's this uh, angel proclaiming the eternal gospel. And of course, at that point, they also believed that the Pope was the Antichrist. And, and you can't blame them for that, because here's, here's Luther who says, look, this is all I want to teach, is that people are saved by faith. And, and what was the Pope's reaction to that, Matt? Do you remember what did, what did the Pope say needed to be done to Luther? No, they, he was, they had a price on his head. He, they were, the Pope was out to get Luther, even kill Luther. 
that, that's right, he was supposed to be burned at the stake. Uh, uh, by the way, there's a little, <laughs> a little thing that I found interesting. So, of course, Luther survives. He is not burned at the stake, as many people were. That, that's not just something people said back then. Oh, I hope you get burned at the stake. No, people did. They did. The Protestants were killed because of their faith. They were burned at the stake. Luther never was. He, he lived uh, until not a ripe old age, but he, he lived until he died of natural causes. And so people thought that Luther was fireproof. Proof. And they would hang pictures of Luther in their house because they figured that would keep their, their little uh, houses from burning down. That, that's a true story. <laughs> and it does show how superstitious even Lutherans can be. But, but again, all right, so it's the end of the world. And, and this, is, this is Luther. He's this angel that's being prophesied. But the key text I want to look at is from Matthew 11. Matthew 11, uh, verses 12 through 19. Matthew okay. 11, if you can look that up, Matt, and I'll you look bet. it up as we're talking. By the way, Matt, you didn't happen to start a timer, did you? <laughs> I did. So we're, uh, yeah, we're, 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 since we're separated by a few okay. hundred miles here, this makes it kind of tough. But we are at uh, 12 and a half minutes right yeah. now. So we're, that's where we're at. Okay. And I was we're at thinking, 12 and a half minutes? Yeah. Okay, yes. cool. I was you just you let me too. know when we're getting close to the end. All okay, right. all right. I was just thinking, too, that you know, 500 years ago, people thought it was the end of the world and the end times. And we look back and we're kind of like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. Uh, just wait till, <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait till yeah. the earth gets 500 years older and, you know, that we're going to have COVID or we're going to have hurricanes and there's going to be the wildfires. And there's oh, the Muslims, they're still going to be around, too. And you know, there's going to be all sorts of stuff. Uh, but again, I think it's sort of uh, incumbent upon every generation to, to recognize and realize that they do live in the end times, uh, to be ready and to continue to, to proclaim that eternal gospel to all the earth. Um, so I, I, I think sometimes I look back and I think, oh, boy, if they only knew, boy, they weren't even close to the end times. Well, th they were doing the right thing. They were ready. They realized, yeah, the Christ could come at any time. And, and for us, too, uh, Christ could come any day. It could be 500 more years. And maybe people look back on us and they'll, oh, they thought they were in the end times. Uh, but for each generation, that's our task oh, yeah. is to, to, to think and ponder uh, the end times and to be ready and to get others ready, too, uh, for Christ's return. Man, and that's such a nice insight because you know, no man knows the day or the hour. So it probably is best that we always think of it as the end times from the from the aspect that that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Come, Lord Jesus. We, we are tired of all these troubles and trials. We would like to be uh, given those eternal blessings where where everything we've lost is multiplied by 100, Jesus says. And like I said, too, it's important that we need to let people know there is a God of love and forgiveness in a world which doesn't seem to be too much of a place of love and forgiveness. Uh, so good, good point, Matt. Good point. Um, what I'd like to do on this Matthew 11 text, let's just go through it verse by verse if we could, and, and uh, just talk about why this is the uh, this is one of the, one of the gospels for Reformation. If you could read verse just just verse 12, I think for starters. Okay. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and, and so the I law. Think you can okay. See yeah. okay, go ahead. No, no, okay. I, I was just going to say, I think you can see why that verse, because that's exactly what is happening, isn't it? The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Uh, probably one of the greatest periods of religious persecution in the history of the world happens around the Reformation. 
and, and like I said, I, I don't think we can we can appreciate this. Uh, you know, we're talking about, oh, the, the Christianity, there, there's great forces opposing Christianity. But let me tell you, it was nothing like what Luther and his followers faced. You, you literally were risking uh, your life to make the confession that we are saved by faith alone. And, and it's a tragic thing, but there are literally uh, thousands and thousands of people that died because of, of, of this belief. Uh, and, and it wasn't at the hands of the Muslims. That, that's the sad thing. There were plenty who died at the hands of the Muslims, but there were also plenty that died at the hands of, of other Christians. So, uh, so okay, so that, that fits perfectly. Uh, the kingdom of heaven will suffer violence, and the violent will take it by force. And, of course, everybody in those days knew exactly that's, that's what they were experiencing. Uh, keep on reading, if you could, Matt, unless you want to make other, another comment about that. Well, I was just going to say, uh, even Luther was even taking a risk by translating the scriptures into the language of the people, into German. Uh, that was uh, punishable by death, too. Another burning at the stake uh, to translate it from the, the Latin Vulgate that was read in worship to uh, something that people could actually understand. So, yeah, the, the proclamation of the gospel, but just the, the sharing of God's word uh, was another risk that the Luther and many others were willing to take for the sake of for the sake of sharing the truth. Yeah, and, and Matt, thank you for making that point because you know, I don't see. We would just assume, well, sure, why couldn't you translate the Bible into whatever language you want? But no, that was forbidden by the church. You're right. That's another thing that would get you condemned to death. Um, anything else, Matt? No, I think that's uh, that's good, John. So that's verse twelve. So now uh, verse thirteen. Verse okay. thirteen through uh, seventeen. Okay. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what I shall what what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. We played a flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question, Matt, because I, I, I always understood this passage one way, but as I was doing some research in the Church Fathers, I, I found out they have another way of understanding it. Who, is, who are the children here uh, sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates? Who are the children? Who, who's, he, who's Jesus referring to here? Yeah, well, I would say the, the, the Jews of Jesus' day, certainly, that they... Uh, that Jesus, uh, John the Baptist arrives, Jesus arrives, uh, and uh, they don't dance, they, they sing a dirge, they don't mourn. Uh, and I, I think, especially then in, in verses 18 and 19, we see that uh, John comes, and uh, he's not eating or drinking, and they say he has a demon. Jesus comes, he eats and drinks, and they say, oh, he's a glutton and a drunkard. So uh, I would say that, yeah, primarily, at least uh, in, in this context, that it's, it's the Jews and, and those who are in Israel that have rejected John's word, but now are also rejecting Jesus' word. So, so you know, that's how I always thought of it, too. But it's interesting that, that uh, several of the church fathers think rather the children that are calling are exactly John and Jesus, or, or even the prophets that came before them. Uh, and, and when you look at it that way, so the point is, is that, you know, uh, uh, Jesus came and he played the flute, right? He, he preached the gospel. 
uh, he, he preached the love and forgiveness of God, and yet no one, no one was moved by that. You think that would get you up dancing, wouldn't it? That would be something to celebrate. John, he, John sang a dirge. He came preaching repentance, you know, uh, for the forgiveness of sins again, but it was a message of a baptism of repentance, so it was kind of a dirge, uh, which is something that uh, should make you sad, and yet they weren't sad. Uh, uh, the word mourn there, by the way, actually means to beat yourself up which I think is interesting that we've taken that into English, right? When you feel really guilty about something, we, we say, oh, don't beat yourself up. But again, the, the, the Jews didn't respond to that either. They, they didn't respond to the call to repentance, and they didn't respond to the uh, call of Jesus. Uh, so so I, I, I think, as you pointed out, it really doesn't matter whether the children there are the Jews themselves or whether the children are the children of God. You know, these, these men, uh, these prophets, uh, people like you and me, uh, John the Baptist, uh, Jesus, Luther, who came preaching both law and gospel, uh, the consequence is the same. If you could finish up by reading verses 18 uh, through 19 there, Matt. Sure. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. So what, what, how much time do we have left, Matt? Yeah, sure, John. We've got, uh, we've got about three minutes. Three minutes. All right, well, that, that'll be perfect. Uh, so, so I, again, I think this is why the text is there, because that's what happened in the days of the Reformation. Uh, the Reformation came and they, they preached the law, uh, and, and no one listened to that law. No one mourned. No one repented over the fact that the church had abandoned the teaching of Scripture. It had abandoned Scripture itself. As you said, it was, it was against the law to translate the Scripture in a language that people could understand. But they had also abandoned this beautiful gospel that we are forgiven. Uh, they were saved by faith. Uh, just like the people did in the days of Jesus. And yet, as I read this text, the thing that, that came to me that I thought was so cool about this text, read verse 19, if you could, one last time, Matt. Yeah. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of a tax collectors and sinners, and wisdom is justified by her deeds. So, so here's what we want everybody to hear from wrestling with the basics, and it's the same message we proclaim uh, uh, week in and week out. And, and I hope that people will mourn when they see their sinfulness. But, but for this cause, I hope they will also get up and dance and celebrate. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Is that not the greatest message that you've ever heard? And that was the sum and substance of what the Reformation was all about. Jesus Christ, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Isn't that cool, Matt? It is cool because here it's in the context of an accusation. Oh, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. How awful. But for us, we rejoice. For us who know our sin and know our imperfections, know our need of a Savior, we rejoice. Uh, that Jesus is a friend even of tax collectors and sinners like us. And if that's the worst thing you can say about Jesus, that's all right by me. Because <laughs> I, I, I am a sinner, and, and it's a really good thing to know that we've got a friend. We've got a friend, and his name is Jesus. And like it says, yet wisdom is justified by our deeds, which is simply to say, people, right now you might not see Jesus as your friend. You've got, probably got struggles and trials. A lot of us do. But, but no, in the end, in the end, you'll see that that's what he is. He's nothing but your friend. He's there with you in all your struggles and trials. Uh, and indeed, uh, for whatever things we've done wrong, 
uh, he is there to love and forgive us. Uh, Matt, I, again, this is really, I, I, Nick, remind me when we record the next episode, I'll start my own timer. <laughs> start your timer, John. So, no, we're, we're about out of time. So, uh, yes. no, that's a great thought to leave us with. John. Okay. Thanks for the, the tax collectors and Sooners, and he's our friend, too. And this has been... This has been... Wrestling with the Basics. Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs>